0: this week's episode made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com. Good morning, everyone. It is another Tuesday here in Memphis, and we are so, so happy to bring a little fun to your morning. So if you just changed the dial, you are just now joining us and listening to Meanwhile in Memphis on WYXR Radio, 91.7 FM. I am Christy Mullen. I am a typical co-host of the show. I've been out of commission, actually, for a hot minute because of COVID. It finally, finally, like, I mean, I was like, I made it this whole time, triple vaxxed, And then bam. Um, But my good amazing, talented, wonderful, beautiful friend, Anna Thompson, who is here with me today. Oh. She stepped in and saved the day for me and covered for me for the last two weeks. So AT, how does it feel to be an amazing
1: person? <laughs> I mean, I'm blushing here.
0: I feel so bashful.
1: Goodness. What a, what an intro. Thank you. You're Christine. welcome.
0: I, I am so grateful to have someone on my team that can step in and cover. So happy to do it. <laughs> but how how are we feeling this morning? I am. I'm feeling good for a Tuesday morning. I'm like,
1: feeling really good and i uh i'm really excited for our guests i knew i would be from Mm -hmm. what i remembered of our time together when i did embark when dr mario brown facilitated i thought it was going to be good and i'm thinking it's going to be even better yeah i I I imagine
0: i am so happy that like i have my voice back we're back in action yes ursula the sea witch has returned my (laughs) my vocal cords and we're gonna get into this because y'all Today is not only Dr. Mario Brown, who will be on this podcast, but it is also a special ted episode day. Now, if you've never joined us before a little bit. Your new listener, you're like, what is she talking about? What the heck is a TED episode? Each year, New Memphis hosts our annual TEDx Memphis conference right here in our city. And TED episodes allow us to revisit some of our favorite talks of conferences past and just dive a little deeper with, you know, the creators of those talks. And while um, you actually get the amazing chance to listen to their talk live on air. So we are very excited. AT, you want to give us a little bit of info on Dr. Brown?
1: Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Um, Today's guest is Dr. Mario Brown. Mario currently serves as the chief talent officer at First Horizon Bank and is also our very dear friend and supporter here at New Memphis. He not only helped launch our Embark program, but he continues to serve with us as a senior facilitator, specifically in like the disc Mm -hmm. assessment, um, all the self awareness stuff. He is
0: like going to make, he's going to read you to filth essentially and uh, make you know all the things about yourself.
1: Uh, He is here today to talk about his amazing work that he is leading in our community. um, And he will also get to talk about his 2016 TEDx Memphis Talk, The Possibility of People, which focuses on the great importance of investing in others and having them invest in you in return so it's really full circle i love a full circle moment and so
0: guys i have a feeling this interview is gonna be very full and fun and just, He's just very bubbly anyway impactful. so yeah I'm, he is you know, a gem of a human this is
1: your shot of espresso for yes. your tuesday morning so i
0: think let's just roll into it let's do it Alright guys, welcome Dr. Mario Brown to the studio. How are you this morning, sir? I,
2: I am fantastic, thank you for asking.
0: I'm so happy <laughs> to have you here. You are just I'm such an energetic year. person to have well, thank you. on a Tuesday morning, getting right. crazy in the 901. Terrific
2: Tuesday is what we call it. <laughs>
0: oh, oh See? I
1: know. I love this energy. Yes. Terrific Tuesday.
0: Who needs coffee when oh, you I have know. Mario <laughs> in office? Absolutely. Absolutely. You are an amazing person. Well, you are a you. dear, dear dear supporter of new memphis and the work we lead you've been that for many years many years um but before we dive into the work you do and of course your two a 16 tedx memphis talk which okay. you're here to talk about as well sure. i want you to give the listeners a little bit of an intro into who you are
2: Ooh. i know right no pressure mm, no pressure all right well mario brown native memphian um, I actually was, um, as I mentioned on my TED Talk, was yes. raised in a place called Dixie Homes, mm-hmm. which no longer exists. It's super nice over there now. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and so, um, anyhow, I actually had my upbringing in Whitehaven, okay. which I absolutely loved. Um, met... My The love of my life, who's my wife now, at a school at that time, or it still is. It was an optional school, Wooddale High School. Aww. Thank you, Memphis City So you're City a high
0: Schools. school sweetheart? We
2: are, yes. Oh, Thank you, Memphis stop City Schools, that. for having an optional program because it helped me find the love of my life. <laughs> Um, Also become educated a little bit more than what I was doing because I was (laughs) not very good in school. So graduated from Wooddale and then went to the university that chose me before I even chose them. I really wanted to go out of the uh, city. Um, but I was raised in a single household. Mm-hmm. So my mom's like, mm, we need to go somewhere that right. I can afford. And I cannot afford all of these places. Mm-hmm. And so University of Memphis was actually my last choice, but, oh my gosh, you all, they gave me scholarships and a full ride before wow. I had even decided to go there. Exactly right. Snaps so me University there, of Memphis. Loved it, had a fantastic time, fantastic staff, graduated from there. Um, and then I graduated computer engineering. Then, while I was sitting at the pyramid, changed my mind that I did not want to be an engineer on graduation day, oh, which was, wow. which was subtle. It's like yeah. regular scratch oh, no, in like, life. Ah. Like- <laughs> I was like, mm, I don't know if I want to do this. Yeah. So anyhow, went back to the university, started talking to people, got into this field called student affairs, which I absolutely love. Went to the University of Arkansas did a master's there, and then went into education. I was like, yes, this is the Mm, life. mm. I absolutely love education. Like, if everything else was taken care of, I would do it for free. But that's not the word we (laughs) live in. So, um, afterwards, I was sitting in class one day. My teacher told me, um, I really love my teacher. His name was Dr. Gunn. He was making really good money and having fun teaching his class. I was like... How do I get to money where you and get fun? Um, oh, like I know. come on. I was like, man, you teach two classes and you make really good money and you go to Italy every summer. Like who would not want that life? <laughs> okay,
3: okay. I want that
2: life. Absolutely. Right? I want that life. <laughs> yeah, like I've been to Italy one time before cuz I was raised Catholic <clears throat> and I was like, I can come here mm-hmm. every year. And so he was like, "Well, you need to get a terminal degree." I'm like, "What's that?" Yeah. Whatever it is. Could I you need please to get elaborate? It. Please <laughs> elaborate. So anyhow, I went back got my terminal degree again from the university that I always chose me. Um, which I chose it as well this time. I was like, you know what, this is where I wanna go, this is what I wanna do because I knew the value of education there. So completed my doctorate at mm-hmm. University of Memphis and still went into education and then I had like a little crisis. <laughs> so I had some personal stuff going on with my mom. I became her caretaker. Oh. Quit my job with mm-hmm. absolutely no job, you are Wow. Now, that was nuts. Yeah. That's a life-changing moment. But um, one day, a place called First Tennessee Bank called me and said, hey, we think we want you to come work here. And I was like, mm, I don't do money. <laughs> I do do education, but I don't do money. They was like, no, 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 no. We have something for you. I was like, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more. And so um, it is all in the power of connections. The person who recruited me actually worked in higher ed before, and she knew of me because higher ed is a small circle. And all the people that she spoke to about me really recommended me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, my goodness, I'm so glad I am nice to people. (laughs) And you don't leave people, (laughs) you know, you don't leave leave a bad taste in people's mouth, Mm -hmm. especially when you're leaving a job. And I was like, look how it worked out. So I got hired on. I'm now at the bank. It's first horizon as many of you all have heard we just went through the largest merger Mm. in the company's history which i can talk about and um we also just got um purchased by a bank called td bank toronto dominion dominion out out of canada which is all exciting we can talk about that on the personal side i have three kids who i love my love of my life bridget um we have been together since we were 14 years old, Gosh. and I am much, much older now, 24 <laughs> years. I'll leave it at that, much, much older. And we have three wonderful kids, Maya, Layla, and Zeke. They are 12, 9, and 8. So Wow.
1: Oh,
3: oh, okay. That is a life you have lived,
1: uh, sir. I know,
2: right? I know. Wow. It's been interesting. But a good ride. Mm-hmm. Very good ride.
1: For so. somebody who says that they were not good in school, you sure did stay in school <laughs> a long time.
2: I, did, I know. Every time I say that, people are like, sir, stop it stop it like this humble brag you're doing I was like actually it's not I got grace to prove it um, but I did <laughs> it's not a humble brag at all it's a lot of um stand focused and dedicated yep. to the work that you want to do that's really what it was.
1: <laughs> okay I like that too because it, it does it sets that up for like success in that it didn't come easy, but no. you wanted Correct. it. You yes. wanted it bad yeah. enough so you do, do what you, you got to do. do. Do what you well, got to well, do. It can come yeah.
0: with practice, right? Like yeah. you don't have to be good at something you love. Nah. You love obviously improving yourself and finding your path in life Absolutely. and you were not necessarily good at it at nope. first in determining it, but you just kept persevering Keep through on. it. Um uh, which right. I think leads right into your work cuz okay. you yes. work to empower individuals. I do. It is a big thing for you That's and you also In turn, with that, make sure that people are investing in their community.
2: Yes, absolutely. So
0: as a Native Memphian, I would be remiss if I did not ask you to speak a little bit about, you know, some of the orgs you're involved in. I know your job as well, but um, and the importance that you put on giving back to the place we all call home.
2: Yes, absolutely. Listen, you know, we all have these gifts, right? And gifts are meant to be given. They are not meant to, in my mind, to keep for yourself. So the thing is, is that you know all of the knowledge we learn, all of the experiences that we have, it really doesn't do any justice if it dies with us. That's that's my motto. So it's kind of like, why wouldn't I share? Like, yeah. why wouldn't I use my talents and gifts to help us move forward? So the thing is, on a disc assessment which we do within Embark, that I is. am an eye, and so okay. here, here's what eyes are. Eyes are really excitable people we are everywhere doing everything we get excited about the smallest things of life and we make them like grand right
1: i can see this I, about you yeah. yes <laughs> From so, like this track
0: yes <laughs> tracks.
2: so i am so excited to get involved in our communities because here's the thing it's our communities that really help to number one establish better equity for mm-hmm. all people i mean we know the history of memphis right like i used to be a tour guide at the civil rights museum back in the early 90s when they first opened so i saw kind of how generational uh, actions still live to this day right Mm -hmm. but then what I also saw was guess what Federal Express was paying for me a person of color to have this experience to enhance my awareness so it was really interesting because I saw that there are organizations out in our community that are really trying to move us forward and I was like you know what? when I get old enough I want to be part of these experiences Mm -hmm. so education what i here's one thing i learned um at the Civil rights museum that i love today education is so wonderful want to know why why
1: tell why? us Dr. because Brown. <laughs> once you have
2: it no one can ever take it away from
1: and you okay we we do need an applause a, button so when uh, you can uh, our uh, mic uh, drop button, <laughs>
2: right it doesn't It nobody can take it take right. it away it doesn't matter and so i love everything education right um, so, one, I got the opportunity to be part of this wonderful board called seating, seating Success, which I didn't know seating Success was in the lives of my kids before I joined the board. Really? But now I'm more aware of it. Like, I remember filling out the application, and they were talking about seating Success and the information, and they said, okay, we're going to use this to help establish programs and this, that, and the other. I said, oh, okay. I love data. I yeah. love this organization. Sounds cool. And so when they presented, I'm a junior member, and you all, I'm still learning a lot because just even getting our education system to where it needs to be, it's a lot that goes yeah. on. Oh, my gosh. And Mark Sturgis and his people at the organization, they do a wonderful job of using data to illuminate disparities, mm-hmm. to really bring action forward, to bring people together, community partners. And they do an eloquent job of coordinating it. Oh, my gosh. It is a yeah it is insurmountable work and i'm just glad to be part of it and assist and advise and provide guidance but the other thing i do is serve on the um university of memphis alumni board so i am all excited (laughs) about getting tigers of all generations really involved in our university but us also supporting them wherever they may be on their journey so i do almost anything I, i serve on boards that the uh the president of the university may ask me um, any type of community initiatives, New Memphis has always been a, a big passion of mine because it was the first um, big partnership that I was able to do um, when I got to the bank. So I actually helped to develop the curriculum. Mm-hmm. And, y'all, I'm just, I'm going to tell you, w- whenever my time is done, I think it's going to be the pride and joy of my career being able to work with Embark. I mean, Aww. every year I get a chance to see awesome young professionals. And, y'all, let me tell you, the one thing I miss about educators and educators will know this, So when you're in education, sometimes the work and effort that you put in is not like realized or actualized for a couple of years. Right, right? It's like, like
1: planting that seed. You yeah, got to wait. E- exactly. It's like
2: seeding success. That's what yes.
1: it is, right? <laughs> Good job. I
0: like, job. I like, I like that. Love a full circle moment. That's right. That's
2: right. That's exactly what it is. So, you know, you may plant a seed and you may not really see it grow for like three or four years until they like graduate or do something phenomenal or they might come back and tell you thank you. Mm-hmm. And what I love about the Embark program, you all, is I can be out in the city at the store and people walk up be like, oh, good job get that like, hey, hey. I'm so excited to see them so then I asked them about where they are and what yeah. they're doing and how they've connected and it's just it's just wonderful it provides me a connection that I miss a little bit in the corporate world corporate is different not mm-hmm. that it's not it's not it's not less than or greater than it's just different yeah. right mm-hmm. and so anyhow those are some of the things I do and and um the other kind of fault that I have is uh Whenever people ask me to uh, participate in something, I go and do it. Like, I'm on the University of Middle School Parent Network Board uh, for parents, and I'm uh, driving a fundraiser for our fraternity for the (laughs) University of Memphis. Like, all this stuff that I really don't have a lot of time for. I was about
1: to say, shoot, do you sleep, mm,
2: But that's because of my eye. Like, I have to recognize, (laughs) you know? So, anyhow, many things to help our growing city. I'm excited to see where we're going, though. It's It's just really exciting.
1: It's a good time. Um, time. I mean, your passion for people is obvious. Mm -hmm. I think that anybody in this room Mm and/or listening to this could uh, could hear that. So, how does that play into your role um, at First Horizon, which you have already claimed does not have to do with the numbers and the money of it?
2: Right. It does not. No, 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 no. no. Ultimately, it does. But I focus on the people. So. Here, here's what I love as serving as the chief talent development officer for the bank, is that every day I get to raise the awareness or maybe empower people, right? And so here is kind of the, the madness behind in the background of methodology. What I feel like and what we feel like is that if we can, number one, no organization can be successful without its people. So what I tell people all the time, if you look at it almost like the DNA that makes mm-hmm. us up, right? And we think about it in terms of a company, if you look at a helix structure, um, and one part of the helix structure that may be a company strategy, which is what our overall goals are, what we're trying to be, what we're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. And then at the bottom of that helix structure may be the outcomes. What does it look like for us to be successful on that strategy? But the key ingredient is the middle part. It's our people. And at the end of the day. People need to feel confident and capable about what they're doing. They need tools and resources to get out of dark moments, to feel important, to help motivate themselves, to work with other people, right? Right. And if we don't have that, all of the business outcomes and the understanding of the strategy, it won't happen because we are our own worst critics.
3: Yep.
2: We will criticize the mess out of ourselves and put ourselves in a dark place and nobody can help us. So if I, if we, my team can really provide people with tools and frameworks to thrive more often, listen, we have won. And here's the thing. I'm not taking all the credit because it's actually the 8,000 associates that did it, but we were along with them. What I try to um, help our associates right now understand is that, you know, this recent merger— of First Horizon. You know, we've been in business. We've been here in Memphis since Abraham Lincoln was president. I love wow.
0: telling people that, right? I've we've never heard right it now. put in that context. Like, That's I have heard the time. year, but when you say it like that, I'm like, wait. Oh, my God. I mean, long time. <laughs> <What>?
1: <laughs> yeah. Right?
0: So, I tell people,
2: we have always been the hometown hero, and we plan on continuing to be that, supporting the lives and generations of many people mm-hmm. that have come through our city of Memphis. Mm-hmm. Like, when everybody else left, here's part of the story that you all may not know. Well, um um uh, when memphis was first forming and the yellow fever hit you remember that yes
1: I, well because i worked at contemporary media when we did the 150th anniversary uh book for, yes, for so first you know, horizon yes, yes. yes absolutely it's big history
2: they let left. people left. everybody they left the city
1: people yes. were fleeing like mass except stuff.
2: for frank davis he was a book caper at our bank and he was determined to stay here in this city because he believed in it that is amazing you all
1: I mean, it essentially helped hold the whole city together through the yellow fever. I
2: know. I'm like, listen, that is like on scales of unbelief, right? And so I tell people, we are the hometown here. We do not plan on going anywhere. We do help to, we are committed to still serving our communities, and many people will see that even with this recent acquisition. But here's what I'm saying. So we've been here a long time. Iberia Bank, which was out of um, Louisiana, had also been around for a long time, we know, within that area. So we did this merger of equals, and you all, who could have, I mean, it was, It was really not a good time because we were doing this merger of equals, which is huge. We both were of equal size and equal assets. There was a lot to go on. We both had long histories, right? And guess what? This little novel virus wanted to come around. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) This little thing. And create a world pandemic. Just rude. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Listen, it was crazy. So we had a merger of equals. We had a world pandemic that was going on. And remember, I'm talking about people because Mm -hmm. people... You know, personal and professional lives intertwine a lot. Very much so. And what I also tell people is, guess what? We had a strong racial pandemic. So we had two pandemics going on, you all, and a merger of equals. And, oh, by the way, our CEO and shareholders expected for us to complete all of this in record time, even though it was unforeseen how we were going to do, you know, what what was called business as usual or normal. Like we literally had to transform everything. Everybody, right everybody, and yes yeah. and we had to keep the doors open people are funny about their money so we had to make funny sure their money That's right funny. we had to make sure that our clients felt safe sure, about yeah. where their money was what was happening and here's what happened you all we did a lot of work inside the bank to keep our people going and I'm again I'm not just talking about me but it the was team. a collective yes. group yeah it was a collective sure. effort of the entire enterprise um, we made sure they knew we cared about, cared about them. We made sure we provided PPP. We tried to provide development experiences. We didn't stop our normal things that we would do to show our associates we cared. And guess what happened? I had to tell people it's a matter of perspective. We completed our merger, right? Um, if you all look at our records, we actually did better in performance through the merger, through pandemics. Wow. You all, this is th- this stuff is amazing. Like, I can't wait till a hundred years from now somebody write about us. I'm like, mm-hmm, I was there, but <laughs> <Yeah>. well, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was yeah, a bigger yeah. thing. But I was yeah, yeah. like, oh I was da- part of that. Yeah, I'm yeah. like one of the eight thousand that did all yes. this excellent stuff. But and then the thing is, is that <clears throat> after we completed, you all, somebody came and said, "Man, you all are so awesome. We want to pay for you in cash over." Your current value. And I'm like, you all, do you realize how exceptional you are? People, y'all are wonderful.
1: I like that perspective. You know what I'm saying? Y'all are awesome. Out of everybody, they looked at y'all and said, we like what y'all are doing. Yes, we did it in record
2: time, right? We closed as we promised. We lived up to every promise and did even better. And I'm like... You all gotta realize it's because of you as an individual, the talent that you brought, the value that you added, keeping your partner up during all these changes, right? Working as a team, using emotional intelligence, right? Connecting when you needed to as a person, not as just a number. I said, Mm -hmm. this is why we are where we are today. And others, which I shall not name, are still struggling. Right. (laughs) Right? Right?
0: (laughs) Those who shall not be named on this podcast. Yes. Yes. yes.
2: Bravo to the Associates of First Horizon. So this is a little bit, that's a part of why I really love the work I do, because I feel like it's purpose-driven work. For sure. And I feel like our associates can use this, whether they're here or anywhere else. It'll just help them be have a better life as a whole.
0: I think that's why I was so happy to have you here today, is because everything you're saying is a lot of what New Memphis stands for, Yes, is is that every individual in the city Memphis is nothing without the people who live here and call Same. it home and work and play and thrive That's here. That's exactly right. And so everything you just said from the one person who kept the first yes. Tennessee's bank yes. like open to yep. everything else, it all forms through that. Absolutely. And so it just gets me so amped. So it's really <laughs> hard for me, and as you here as a people person, a lot of newcomers come into the city. I right. know you deal with newcomers coming in through yes. y'all's job for sure. All the time, sure. all the time. And it's really hard because – newcomers can often get discouraged about our city and new memphis tries really hard to be a part of that solution right shining a light on what we're doing but when you have someone that's moved to a brand new city from somewhere (laughs) because they had to for a job or for school or whatever reason you know i'm just curious how you address um those matters when people are a little for lack of a better word disgruntled when they come to this city how do you like Get them more motivated to love this place we love so much absolutely
2: well i'm gonna say i'm gonna say this like i've um told somebody else in memphis if you want to be somebody memphis is the place where you can be somebody right love that. Mm-hmm. it is very easy for you to connect in with networks of affiliation for people that you like to hang out with and get information and understanding and sufficient challenge right and we have not really grown to the size of where you can get lost in the crowds. If you go to some of these other cities, you know, there was a, I think it was Knight Foundation or something that does a report about, like, where did the young people move? Mm-hmm. And I get it. People mm-hmm. move for the glamour. Yeah. People move for the, maybe for the beach and this, that, and the other. But, you know, again, for me, it's a matter of perspective. Mm-hmm. Number one, you can have a really great career in life in Memphis. You want to know why? Because you can make an awesome salary, especially in this hybrid and kind of, um, Um, dispersed kind of work environment, you can live really well in the city of Memphis. You can build out your dreams if you want to, right? And then guess what? We have, you know, something called some airplanes. You can go and travel wherever you want to, right? (laughs) And guess what? You can go and ball out. I feel like you can go and ball out. Like, you can make a really good income. Here's a scenario. I was talking to our talent acquisition person the other day, and I said, listen, um, we can hire somebody right um and they can be um you know based out of memphis or whatever case may be but just understand the income differentiation right so if they lived in memphis this that and the other but they wanted to do this they have extra income to go and do the things that they want like Mm -hmm. sometimes i don't know what people think about those various perspectives of the possibilities yeah um the other thing that i really love about memphis is you know, I know it's not for everybody, but if you want to change some things and do some things, we have plenty of opportunities yes. right We have plenty of opportunities, no matter whether it's in medicine, whether it's in education, whether it's in politics, whether it's in law, community advocate, we are still growing we are still sprawling. There are some cities even around us that have really kind of established who the the who the haves and the haves not will, you know will be um they've established kind of how they go about things. Yeah, we have ours, but there's still room, opportunity to grow. If I think about the city of Memphis from, you know, we talk about Frank Davis, right. right? And I think about the city of Memphis and its role when I work from the Civil Rights Museum. I have never really seen our city come to a place of contemplation where where, 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 I mean, where we are just stagnant and saying, OK, we are where we are. We're good now. Yeah. Everybody just hang out. I mean, you all, I, I work downtown right now. When I was growing up, my my grandmother stayed in what was called Lauderdale Courts, which is right across from 201 Poplar. Mm-hmm. You all, downtown looked nothing like this. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was straight up abandoned. Like, we were going just play by the abandoned stores and run up. The trolley um, was getting ready to be built. It necessarily did not exist. But, oh, my gosh. You all, I brought my kids here the other day. How beautiful is it now? Mm-hmm.
1: A thriving downtown.
2: thriving downtown. Once again, back to the story. We... Um, are not a city that ever stops. Mm -hmm. And we need people year after year after year to help to make that change. And so even in the MBAR class, I tell people, listen, I am counting on you all because you all will be the people that will help to make this city the one that my kids have to live in. Exactly. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Not to put pressure on you, yeah, but no, I'm just yeah, saying. No, no pressure. pressure. No pressure.
1: I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But, <laughs> but it's like, up to y'all. You are, <laughs> you're the
0: future of this city, <laughs> so I need right. you to come correct. And I know you can do <laughs> it. That's why I'm
2: telling you this. I yeah. know you can do it. Yeah. So anyhow. Oh, yes.
0: Gosh. That just makes me so excited to hear you say because I wholeheartedly retweet that is yes. because I know you're a native Memphian. Mm-hmm. AT a native Memphian. Mm-hmm. I'm a Memphian by choice who moved mm-hmm. here after college for an internship and called I just fell in love with Good. it, right? So
2: happy. You and had. so
0: just to hear you say how you approach that subject. I'm like, yes, that is that is what it is that drew me in about Memphis. The yeah. city has so much heart.
2: So much heart. And it's
0: just if you have a problem or you see a problem, there is someone here. You can team up with to help yes, fix it because someone yes, is can. doing the work.
2: Somebody's doing it. And yes. not want to do it. Yes. Yeah.
0: And if you don't want to be a part of the solution and you just want to complain about it, then maybe Memphis isn't the place yeah, for no. you. Yeah. You no, we have enough of that. Yeah. A- Agreed. We have enough of
1: that. Yeah. <laughs> no. You got to be willing to do some work. Yeah. But that's why the grit and grind, uh, uh like, exactly. it there personifies our city so yes, well. It does. And in a previous um, episode, Anna Mullins Ellis was talking about it and she said that they had like a branding, Thing, come around and be like um people don't like the word grit because in other cities that means like dirty and, and oh my god and we were like yeah well we're gonna keep it we're gonna thank get you. our hands thank dirty you. over here yeah. Yeah. yeah thank you we're not them that's, that's, yeah. yeah thank we're you but there. no thank you yeah, for exactly. your for your perspective <laughs> oh, on that but, but we're gonna gracious. keep it because yes. we like it we're gonna yes. roll up our sleeves we're not afraid to do the work yeah. there you go to get to the city there
3: that. you go i love it <sighs> So
1: that. you've already hit on it a few times sure. about your work with um, our New Memphis Embark program and yeah. we're obviously a little bit partial you know <laughs> cuz the tiny thing we love Embark and I do love Embark as an Embark <laughs> graduate myself yes. um, but so the Embark program is critical to success mm-hmm. of everybody that is in it of young professionals around yes. our city so digging into that self-awareness in order to know how they can be better in the workplace and be better just individuals. Know your strengths, know your weaknesses, how you show up. Yes. yes. That was a huge thing. How Absolutely. you how you show up in the workplace, yes. how you show up in your prefer, uh your yes. professional and personal yes. life. It's Both a little too early this You're morning. Trying to combine I was them. trying to combine it. <laughs> it's a high a new hybrid. Professional. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um so how did you get into facilitation?
2: Yes. So Oh, very good question. You all, at, at the University of Memphis, I'm going to go back to where it all yeah. started. Um, I was kind of, through my fraternity right after that, I really was accelerated into leadership roles. So, you know how you find something and you really didn't know it was a knack, but once you get to it, you're like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I need more of this. Like, a lot like of this it. this fuels my father yes, a little bit. Right? Yes, yeah. So, I joined the fraternity, which I had no idea what fraternities were, but once I joined it, it just kind of opened my eyes. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like on the Matrix. You take one of the pills, it's like... <laughs>
1: Oh my God. You finally see clearly. <laughs> yes.
2: So then after that, I became a uh, resident advisor. And so um, naturally, that requires mm-hmm. you to start doing programs and facilitating. Uh, after that, in band, I was in section leader. Um, and then I went on to do all this stuff, yeah. Student Activities Council President. So naturally, I started to kind of get this book.
0: Yeah. Those steps just built.
2: Yeah, the steps just built. And so when I got ready to go into my professional career, one of the things I, when I was sitting at the pyramid, I was thinking about engineering and how you, know, you did not want to do it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Now, I love computers and yeah. I love it to this day. And I was like, mm, that doesn't really light my fire uh, like yeah. other things did, right? And so I really wanted to go into this thing of how do I help people learn and grow? Remember what I said earlier? Like, it's no point of you having these gifts if you can't pass them along to people. And so I really wanted to practice on facilitation because what I also understood, if I use myself as an instrument, it's kind of like my kids i can tell them stuff all day right right but until i can help them go through their own experience and they have their own kind of level of awareness using their own life as a reference mm-hmm. they really won't learn as yeah. much it doesn't stick it doesn't stick yeah. right so that's where i got into facilitation and i really love and, and when we were putting together embark you know i knew what the growing trends were for um when you look at the world economic forum and they talk about the skills of workers of the future people who will be successful and what companies we'll be mm-hmm. looking for well you got to think about a couple of things N- number one we've moved into this industrial revolution where technology is really just an integrated part of our lives but what it has also done you all is diminish the most basic need of human beings and that's the emotional connection
3: Mm -hmm. right because
2: people can get online and they can type whatever and not feel bad about it Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying or they can say something or not like or whatever the case may be and people have people get
0: real brave behind that keyboard
2: oh yes they do Mm -hmm. yes they do and so when it comes to in-person work or actually interacting with human beings you see you you miss out on a lot of the things that we still as humans just have to have to survive right Mm -hmm. and so the thing i thought about is i was saying you know if we really wanna make sure that these graduates help to create a new Memphis, I want them to be able to differentiate themselves from other people who may not have gone through this program. I want them to understand that you do, just because of your upcoming, have some behavioral preferences, but what I don't want you to do is judge people because they have different behavioral preferences. Mm -hmm. The real art and skill is learning how to work with somebody, right? without getting all fired Absolutely. up and you know pissed off how do you work with somebody to bring about real change yeah. mm-hmm. right because that's that's you're gonna have to you cannot do it by yourself Correct. you're gonna have to work with somebody else so here are the tools and frameworks to say okay here's where i am here's where somebody else is how do i need to work with them and then the other part that i really love is because it's all about self-awareness too right what do i look like when i'm hot Mm. What do I look like when I'm mad? Because we are not always aware of it, right? Yeah. We can go off the rails and just be in our moment and not yes. even be aware of how we are showing up to people. So I really, really wanted our embarkers because I know our city, mm-hmm. and I know that their growth is going to be difficult at times. It's not all going to come easy, yeah. right? It's not but all
0: flowers and that's roses right, no. and it's all, not, all that. That's right. You that's
2: right. Know. So I wanted them to just have something in their toolbox where if they were in a room, because I know they will be in rooms and making decisions mm-hmm. for our city, this and the other. I wanted them to be skillfully prepared as much as possible right. to move that forward and get what they want because we always talk about chess pieces i'm like look listen you all if what you want is on the other side of that chessboard let's talk about what tools and resources you need to move those pieces mm-hmm. carefully And so that's why we have that in embark um and i, I love that it's in that so
1: uh, i really like how you worded all the, that because be going through embark myself mm-hmm. it really as a native memphian it opened my eyes and i know i've talked about it on here before but I really had um, like a change in perspective yeah. about certain things and like you said you're gonna you need help you can't you do. do it in a silo you can't you do it by yourself that's right and so by nature of that you're gonna work with people who are different than you yeah, mm-hmm. you are. and you have to learn how to celebrate those differences and how to use that to your like to everybody's advantage is basically like uh,
2: there you go that's to, it right there to make sure that's that it. like
1: what I'm lacking you have right. so let's work together there because that go. makes us stronger there instead of just looking at it like well, I'm Weak and I can't do this, or oh, you have it, I want it, let me be competitive with you. Right, right. It's all about that collaboration and celebrating those differences so that you can, like you said, work together to make meaningful change. That's it, that's it. I mean, that's how
0: we transform emphasis through the power of connection, quite frankly. And that's why I loved the chess reference you just gave because that's a game where, yes, you have to focus on all the other pieces, right? But there's also (laughs) a lot of focus on your piece and how it moves through the board. Absolutely. So, like to piggyback off what AT just said and everything. I mean, you said like that was just a flawless chef kiss example, so I don't even know where to go from there. <laughs> no,
3: no, it's
2: good. You know, the thing is, is that um, the thing at the end of the day, I think, for all of us to really understand, is that um, how do I say this uh, for for our folks on the um, on the podcast? Is that um, what I hope that people will understand is is that um, judging people. For their actions and not trying to understand their intentions will never get us anywhere correct never and I love what you was talking about earlier because I was talking about the self-critic we will go to a criticizing state very quickly we will go to a judgmental state very quickly and I referenced my wife last night as she we was having a conversation and she 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 saw this quote that really hit her and she said the problem with communication is people fail to listen to understand they listen to respond mm-hmm. right and so that's powerful really, yeah. right that's really a flaw of a lot of yeah. people we are just waiting for somebody to be quiet so we can go ahead and say what we want to say mm-hmm. that's because we're being critical and very judgmental but real change happens when we sit back and try to understand it so that's what that's about Mm-hmm.
0: Well, sir, <laughs> that just kind of effortlessly leads us into introducing your TEDx Memphis okay. talk. So, guys, we're going to listen to Dr. Mario Brown's 2016 TEDx Memphis talk, The Possibility of People, and we will be back right after to ask him all the burning questions you're going to have after listening to this. So, let's roll into it, and we'll be right back. <laughs>
2: What are the possibilities of people? The answer lies within us all. It's an innate ability that for most of us, we are only sometimes aware of. But if we were to simply raise our awareness of this great ability that we all possess and acted on it more often, we literally could carefully and creatively design an even better world simply through one opportunity at a time. See, to me, we all have the ability to ignite the excitement, to create these sparks of hope and inspiration in people where we are able to promote them to the places where they can realize their potential. Isn't this something that you, as the thought leaders of our society, would care to do more often? Today, I share the story of how I raised my own awareness of this ability over the years with the hope that you may expedite your process and move quicker to action. As we know, all great stories involve great characters. Mine so happens to involve a uh, southern preacher, a fraternity director, a Catholic nun, and then there's me. And the setting is my hometown of Memphis, Tennessee. According to research, I should not be standing here because I was born here. Dixie Homes, one of the first two projects designed here in the city of Memphis, this one was made for African-Americans. 42% of children born into poverty, like me, 42% will actually sustain that status as adults. This means they cannot, will not, may not have the access to live what we all know of as the American dream. You know, it's that mantra, that ethos that we all aspire to to say we have the right to climb the economic, social mobility ladder and move closer and closer to our idea of success with few to minimal barriers. But the fact of the matter is that only 23% of those individuals actually make the great leap and move closer and closer to making that dream a reality. I am blessed and fortunate enough to stand here today to say that I am one of the 23%. But the question remains, thank you, the question still remains, what is it? What is it that literally changes a person's existence where limitations are not seen as boundaries but as goals to overcome? I believe that this phenomenal power lies in me, it lies in you, it lies in the sparks that people can create. People such as Sister Mary Michael, a Dominican nun who took a boy, me, uh, kept me closer and closer to the church and, more importantly, off the streets, while my mother, who worked 16-hour days, six days a week in a single-parent household, was trying to make sure that we, she provided for her family. Sister Michael sparked the idea in me of intentional relationships. Then there is Daryl Anderson Sr., who is the former executive director and collegiate advisor of my fraternity. In the absence of my own dad, Daryl served and provided unwavering compassion and guidance. He sparked the idea for me to be resilient. And then there's Dr. Rosalind Nichols, who took 13 and 14-year-olds, taught them about their cultural heritage, so much so that we became official tour guides of the National Civil Rights Museum. Dr. Nichols sparked the idea in me to be confident in all things I do. But in the midst of all of this, we still seem to be plagued, in this lethargic momentum of failing to reach out and help people in need. And the fact of the matter is that we are all in need, some of us more than others. And in a world where we are able to form connections more easily than ever before, why is it that we continue to fail so miserably? I believe it's because we do not realize our ability and our responsibility to help others do the things we know they were meant to do. As I came to a close of my undergraduate years here at the University of Memphis, uh, I started to reflect on all of these moments and uh, these great moments that I probably did not wanna leave behind or let go of. But then I was immediately jolted by the idea of me failing my engineering senior thesis the first time and I thought to myself, if my life continued to be full of failures such as this, wouldn't it suck? so I shifted my thinking and tried to think about more favorable moments. And it was the time that I was a section leader in the band and I was not guiding people through music but through this process called growing up as young adults. Or the time when I used up 90% of my charge card availability to buy my friend a coat because he walked around campus every day only with long sleeve shirts on in 30-degree weather. Or it was the time when people would come and say, hey, I remember you from freshman year. You helped me to do this or that, and I've helped my friend, and I just wanted to come and tell you thanks. It was at those moments, folks, that I realized that I created a spark in the lives of some people. And that spark for many people turned into huge flames, and those individuals went out to light up the world, and they were loving it. But it was also at those moments that I could hear the voices of Daryl and Rosalind and Sister Michael to say, Mario, You have the ability, but you also have the responsibility. So I went forth and dedicated my life to understanding how adults and students learn, and more importantly, how to influence them to action. And so I say this, you, our influential thought leaders of society, you have some work to do. See, you must be encouraged and not doubtful about your own ability to elevate us all, also responsibility, to elevate all of us from this lethargic momentum that we are currently experiencing to expanding the landscape of connection and also thought. If you remember the words of previous speaker, Dr. Brene Brown, she has already reminded us that we are enough as we are today to do the things that we were meant to do. And one of them is to be the spark in the lives of others. Now, at times you might become doubtful. So what should you do? Well, the first step is to recognize what is your greatest fear, because then and only then will you really know what might get in the way of you being successful at this task. See, for me, fear must be the fulcrum that we use to move from inaction to action. And then we can sustain that momentum by realizing that it's really just the small steps that will count towards greater progress. Now, if you're anything like me, you may start to ask yourself, "Okay, so what's the reward? What's in it for me? I can show you better than I can tell you. The following screen will show you the multitude of sparks in my life, either that I've created or ones that have been sparks for me. And so as we look at these pictures, I am constantly reminded of what has happened you know, over time. And to be honest, at the end of the day, what matters to me the most is that every relationship was genuine, Every one of them was intentional. And at the end of the day, what really matters is that success was, for them was always my main motivation. As a matter of fact, to see many of these pictures and where these folks are today gives me a great sense of pride, even at this very moment. Ladies and gentlemen, dreamers and thinkers, today is the day where you accept the challenge to be the spark in the lives of others. And you can do that very uh, often and easily by following three simple steps. Number one, follow and encourage the heart. Understand your passion, understand your fears, and use that to drive meaningful experiences for everyone else. Don't try to be anybody else. They're all taken up. Be yourself. Two, role model the way. The folks who created sparks in my life, they genuinely lived out those ideas each and every day, and this served as constant and consistent reminders for me that helped to make sure my flame was always sustained. And lastly, inspire. Because you know what? We can all inspire. Everything that we do and don't do can be instances of inspiration. It's upon us to think about how we consciously, carefully, and creatively design these experiences for them. Today, I represent the bright burning flame of many, many individuals who have created sparks of passion and curiosity and confidence and being resilient about life and visionary. Because of them, I am part of the 23%. Because of them, I was able to favorably impact my family, myself, my friends, and my community. So in closing, I wish to leave all of you with this please remember to always live in your vision and not in your current circumstance because you have the ability to be the spark and you also have the responsibility not only to yourself but to others. Trust me, they will thank you for it because their lives matter in terms of creating an even better world. Thank you.
0: Welcome back. If you are just tuning in, we just heard today's guest, Dr. Mario Brown's TEDx Memphis Talk from 2016, here on Meanwhile in Memphis on WYXR Radio 91.7 FN. And we are gonna dive into some questions. Are we ready?
2: We are ready. We're feeling I'm feeling All good.
1: feeling good. All right, like I should. There
2: you go. Uh,
3: oh, yes.
0: I like that. Like a T turns everything into a song <laughs> I and that's why she's one of my favorite people. Mine too. <laughs> um, so you did one of my favorite things okay. with your TED Talk is you opened it with a question you mm. post a question to the audience <laughs> and I love when speakers <laughs> choose to do that because I feel like it gives the audience something immediately to latch on to True. right True. and you are you then started to immediately address mm-hmm. the answer to your question which I thought was fun it's such a simple question you posed um, and it was yeah. what are the possibilities of people right. so simple but also very vast yes. um, so yes. what made you want to start off that way
2: absolutely um, Oh, good question. A lot of refinement. I guess what I was trying to understand is you all know life is so complex. And when you look around, sometimes you see people that you love and your friends just don't seem to move forward as you feel like they can. And then you see others just move through it flawlessly. Right. And there's just a lot of perplexities to us being people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there are a lot of factors that add into those perplexities. So I think, you know, what I was trying to Pose and seriously a question that still can be answered to this day yeah. is what's truly possible for us and you all i'm gonna be honest with you my kids are always kind of my focal point for this because i always think about kids feel like they can do anything like literally yeah. you are if you tell them to go and fly like they'll go run out there they be like i try- got the potential yeah, let yeah. me jump
0: off this roof real I quick mean,
2: i mean with no hesitation <laughs> right? yeah yeah no hesitation i mean like build a house okay yeah, yeah. they'll go find some stuff and build it and, you know, one of the questions is, where do we stop doing it? Where do we stop believing that we can do right. more than what we've done? Like, even when I was in education, yeah. sometimes I would have people say, well, Mario, I'm just not that smart, mm-hmm. or I can't do this. So I'm, I'm like, um, did you know that we just had a person who began their bachelor's degree at 55, mm-hmm. and they completed it in four years? Like, what are you saying right now? Did you know that we have people with disabilities, both mental and physical who have all the challenges in the world just to even get to the yeah. campus completed, like where do we stop believing that we can do more, right? And so again, I had to use myself as an instrument and say, okay, let me try to take a few snippets of my own life and address that question. So that's kind of what I yeah. tried to do.
0: I really love that. and. <laughs> This is going to sound funny the way I say it. Yeah, I think it's Judge Judy who I'm stealing this quote from. <laughs> but I swear I saw it on Instagram. But, like, she was giving an interview, and she was talking about potential in mm. a way. And she was like, if you can't make it in your 20s, why can't you make it in your 30s? If you can't make it in your 30s, why can't you make it in your 40s? Thank and so Keep on. It going. Yes. So it's one of those things where I really think whenever someone's not being successful in life the first thing you hear people say when they're talking about is well he or she had so much potential Mm
3: -hmm, mm -hmm, and it's mm -hmm, like okay
0: well mm -hmm. where was that disconnect then the potential is obviously there everyone else sees it it's obviously a disconnect of that person seeing it Um, and so when you pose that question to me as I was listening feeling like you were talking to me and only me (laughs) um, that's where my head went yeah is to your point with your children like when do we stop becoming these people who believe in ourselves
2: yes Absolutely. And the other part I wanted to layer on to that because, at least in my community, in the black community, people will say, well, the system is not designed for us to be Correct. successful, which there are many things that are systemic, right? Yes, right. But what I so. also wanted to make sure and make it very clear is that um, the choices that, that we make or our commitment to awareness also has an effect around it, Right. Like, there are people born into circumstances that it's really hard to get out of. I'm not precluded from that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I still have people in my family that I love that I even look at and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I wish I could do more to help them kind of erase their awareness around that, right? So basically what I was trying to do within it is just say, okay, we realize that there are really some systemic issues that happen within the world. But I don't want people for this one life to live to say, I'm done because of that. Like, there's still room. There's still, like, there... There's still a glimpse. There's still opportunity for you to live the life that you want to live, however that may be. So um, at at, at First Horizon, one of the things we talk about is how we become powerless. Mm -hmm. So we become powerless when we blame other people, when we have excuses, right? When we uh, play like we didn't really know what was going on. We give up our power to be who we really are meant to be. But we regain our power when we acknowledge the reality around us, whatever that may be. That's when you start regaining your power. You acknowledge the reality, right? You start to find solutions for what you want to do and how you want to do it, right? And you start to take action on it. That's how you become more powerful, and, right?
0: Yeah, I'm like, okay, just hit me with it this morning. <laughs> I was not prepared.
2: <laughs> but, yeah, that's you know that was part of it. And, and so yeah. anyhow, and I tried to illustrate that through – various examples that many people could resonate with. Yeah. Because people will find inspiration in different places, right? Mm-hmm. They'll also find challenge in different places too, right? Uh, my inspiration came through small things that people did or just small notes. You know, like I talked about the guy with the coat. You all, I had a serious charge card that had a hundred dollar limit on it. But the guy was walking around campus and it literally was 30 degrees. And I was like, why don't you have a coat? Yeah. He was like, oh, well, I can't afford one. And I just went over to Sears. The coat was, it was a, um, I remember, it was a FUBU jacket for us by us. Yes. It was like one of those <laughs> coats, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And um, at that time, um, because I, I, guess I, felt, I guess I felt a certain kind of way about not trying to be a charity case uh-huh. in, my, in my college mind. So what I ended up doing was buying two coats, one for me and one for him. So I was like, hey, you know, when I told him, I was like, hey, I was at the store. And they had these coats on sale and um, I was able to get two of them. Right. So I wanna give you one and I got one. <laughs> That's kinda of what I did. Oh. Yeah. Right? Um, but I really I really went to go buy because he didn't have a coat and I just felt yeah. so bad.
0: But that also probably changed the narrative for him. It did. Because in accepting it, he's like, Oh well he bought one, got one half like, okay, I'm more willing to accept this than oh, here's this thing I want to give you just yeah. for free. Right. I feel like so often you speak to it very much, and we're going to obviously dive in even sure. further yeah, in yeah, this yeah. talk, yeah. like how people's perceptions of things mm-hmm. matter so much, yes, especially in the individual experience we all have absolutely. all have in this thing called life. Um, and that's, I think, a great small example.
2: Yeah, absolutely, of that. absolutely, absolutely.
1: absolutely. Uh, this is the part that really hit me over like the head when I was listening to it, is that you focused in on individuals yes. rather than like the broad strokes yep. of your success. Yep. And that was really meaningful to me to go back and like you said, look at all the small steps that yeah. stack up. Yep. Because a lot of times retrospect, it's easier just to be like, oh, I got from point A to point B. yeah And exactly. you, forget you forget how. Yeah. You forget all those the little The micro moments that led
2: up to it. Yes, and the people.
1: That made that, um, like a reality for you and it made me really excited because it's something that you've also talked about today and that you talk about a lot is that as an individual you may not feel like you have that much power right but you do
2: you do you
3: do like
1: even if you're not in your mind doing things on a grand scale by interacting in a positive way with other people you got it
2: you nailed it
1: that's what you're doing. You're having that impact. And who knows how many of those like little micro moments that you're a part of in other people's Absolutely. stories.
2: Absolutely. Yes. And and I remember that and I felt bad because it was so many people. When you sit and think about it, there are so many people that helped Mario Brown be the person he is today,
3: mm-hmm.
2: like countless. And it was no way I could show all of those people, but I had to kind of capture the significant ones, like there was somebody in there who their marriage helped me to understand how I should be in my marriage. I remember <clears throat> there's one guy in there who I loved. He was my supervisor at the University of Memphis, and I remember the day he came out and told me that he was gay, and I was raised in a way where that was like different or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you all know what? I sat there and I was like, like I had a conflict in my mind because I was like, but I like him, like I love him, like. <laughs> Like, am I just supposed to walk out this door and not talk to him again? Like, I seriously had a a whole complex. uh, Because it was the first time I had ever been introduced. And I was like, oh, screw that. You still, And he still is my friend today. I I love him. Um, And so he was on the picture. But what you have to think about is how even that small moment, which he didn't know, how that has changed my perception forever in life about people's sexual identity, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Um, Marriage and interacting with people and people from different cultures, like so many micro moments, right? They really influence and I think to be honest, you all, that has helped me to be successful because I think some of the stereotypes and barriers that people may have framed in their mind, those micro moments, those individuals, whether they knew it or not, changed my trajectory forever. They started
1: chipping away at those stereotypes. They did.
2: They did. I mean, even today. I mean, um, you know, some of my friends, even that I showed on there, do we always agree on things? Absolutely Absolutely not. not. (laughs) Absolutely (laughs) not. But I still appreciate them because they help to broaden my awareness. And they make me also think of what is not possible. Oh, yeah, we can do this. Like, I'm always like, oh, yeah, no, we can do it. I know why. We can do it. I was like, I've had experience before where this has informed me. Mm -hmm. Let's try it first and then see, right? Let's not close it off before we even try it.
0: I love that you said that so much because... I think it's very important to have people around you who think outside of the way that yes, you it is. do Yes, it is. because what that serves as is these little cracks that you have and you're like, Oh, that's different from what I've always Absolutely. Not let the light come through. Yes. And to your point, it changes your perspective as you learn and grow and become who you're yeah. in, meant to be. And, and not to get too cheesy this no, morning on this podcast, really it. but it's, I mean, it's just such a crucial thing, and it I think is. you're highlighting that in such a magnificent way this morning. Yeah.
2: You all, the people at the University of Memphis, I'm going to be honest with you, a lot of the things that I do now, um, would not I would not have explored those if I didn't go to the University of Memphis, mm-hmm. if I didn't get around people who were doing things before. You all, the first time, let, let me just be honest with you, and I know this is going to sound so bad, but I used to tell people, I was like, black people don't go camping. We don't, we don't go out to the woods. We're not doing that. We need to go to a hotel, this and the other. Um, and, and you know, that's just kind of like a general stereotype. Uh, another one that I talk about in class is black people in swimming, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about that all the time, but you all, here's the thing, because of those individuals, um, I've I've gone RVing, we've gone camping, all this stuff. My friends are like, now what are you doing? I'm like, listen, there is life to live. There's mm-hmm. stuff to do. That's a small example. I swim, I think I told you all that, I swim. And even my friends today are like, Mario, no. Tell me a little bit about this this swimming that you know. I'm like it's exercise and it's great, it's low impact and guess what? I'm gonna have my joints and cartilage <laughs> when I get old and you're probably not because you're running around
1: and my knees won't like <laughs> yes, exactly. crack right. every time yeah. I walk.
2: But you know those are just kind of some lighthearted yeah. examples. But you you see what I'm saying? Like having having those individuals help you realize yeah. what's possible in the world helps you yeah. to see something different. Like there's stuff outside of Memphis to see, go visit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's other countries to go visit. It's okay to go to a museum that you haven't been to before, whether you like it or not. Just go see. It yeah. all helps to enhance your idea around what's possible. Yeah,
0: Broaden your life experience. Right. I mean, that's it. That's all it comes down to. To that's broaden it. who you are as a person.
1: If you want to grow, you have to get outside of what you know. Yes,
2: you do. Like, Absolutely. there's no other way around yes, it. Yes, you do. Absolutely.
1: It's uh, not just, like, in this moment, I'm having, like, a realization <laughs> that, like, it's not just about me talking to, like, my three-year-old and being like, oh, you want to be an astronaut? Yeah. You can be an astronaut. It's about being, like hey, like every time that you set up a barrier or a stereotype in your head, Mm -hmm. you're already telling yourself that you can't do that. There you
2: go, right there. That's exactly right. You're already telling
1: yourself that that's not for you. That's right. And you haven't even tried it. That's right. And that's exactly what I tell her all the time. I'm like, you got to at least try it before you you tell me you don't like it. Go and
2: try it. That's exactly right. Go and try it. That's right. Gosh, I'm, I I
1: feel so empowered
0: <laughs> I I'm like, <laughs> and I like don't want to bring us down, but <laughs> no, there was no, this statistic fine. in your talk sure. that I really wanted to touch on okay. because you talked about how um, 42% of children born into poverty will yeah. maintain that poverty status into adulthood. Right. And I know this talk was given in 2016, so I don't know if, you, if there's any movement well, to that needle at all.
2: Yeah, so probably not. So let me go yeah. back to another too. So I, I I gathered that information from aggregating some labor, um, bureau of labor mm-hmm. statistics, right? But there was also a, an additional study done by some researchers out of Harvard, and it was called the, um, I think it was called, like, the, the Terrible Impact of um, Racial Disparities. Mm-hmm. And you all, let me just give you the short of it. It was actually in the New York Times, but then they wrote, like, this 200-page report It was a 30-year longitudinal study okay so it basically followed people like me who were born around the late 70s early 80s and they followed them throughout their lives oh wow y'all as we say in memphis y'all listen (laughs) oh my gosh so here's kind of the short of what they talked about so you know that there are people within like different socioeconomic classes Mm -hmm. right so we'll just say, for, for, for brevity's sake, we'll say low, medium, high, mm-hmm. right? We'll simplify low, medium, high. So what, here's what they ended up finding out. Let's talk about males for just a second. So when they followed these individuals for 30 years, they looked at kind of their educational attainment. They looked at their economic mobility and all these types of things, right? And what they ended up finding out, if we take males, a black male and a white male. So let's start at the very top if a black male and a white male both started in the highest category, highest socioeconomic status, the black male was still significantly more times likely to fall out of that category to one of the lower ones, Mm -hmm. either to medium and possibly even lower, okay? When you look at um let's go to the other end, when you look at lower social economic mobility, say for instance we have two gentlemen, so one um it's two 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 people, um one is a black male who identifies as a black male and one who identifies as a white male. In every scenario over thirty years, the white male still has significantly more chances of moving up that mm-hmm. social economic mobility ladder than their black male counterpart. And when you get to the middle, it's just it's just really interesting because it stays really stagnant for black males. Like they don't really fall as much. Neither do they necessarily go up. They just kind of stay there. Right. But white males typically tended to go up for the most part. And then when you look at females, right? When you look at females, one of the things that we saw they saw in this particular study is that, for, for whatever reason or not, I'm sure it's within the details of the report, but the black females actually had better chances with their white female counterparts of moving along those scales almost much more equally. Interesting. Not, it still, it was a disparity, right? Yeah. There it, it yeah. was a disparity yeah. that needs it's to be broken closer.
0: Recognized. Than... But it, it, they had better right. chances. The gap was a little smaller. Yeah. So the
2: question is, so really the question then kind of goes back to say, okay, so, oh my gosh, so what's really affecting, right. you know, affecting it? And so there are many things. There are many things that affect it. And so what I would probably guess is that that needle has not moved
3: much.
2: Uh, We have, and I think that's why institutes like New Memphis, uh, Connection Networks, Mm -hmm. I love, y'all, let me tell you something that was the highlight of my life. It was sad, but it was also a highlight. I think what I appreciated during our racial pandemic was for me, it was the first time seeing the world respond to something that was happening here. Right, that normally is a very volatile or iffy kind of subject, but you saw this great amount of um, um, uh, support for what this whole idea of equality, right? And inclusiveness and destroying systems and processes that don't encourage that no matter what it is, because the truth of the matter is for me is today we're talking about race, but tomorrow we'll be talking about sexual identity, right? Today we're talking about race and we're talking about sexual identity, but we may be talking about another topic later on. So this all, I think, is connected Mm -hmm. and it's all purposeful work. Um, Sadly, we still have stuff to do, but... The, op- the thing is is that that's where we come in mm-hmm. right we, we have the, the opportunity yes. that's yep. right to be the yep. change makers. so
0: yes. yeah small steps uh, lead to somewhere that's exactly and that's right. exactly what we do every day in the work you lead the that's work right. we're a part of it's just we're taking those small steps to make big change to happen for us there you city.
2: go that's
3: exactly
0: right um, I you're such a fun individual <laughs> to talk to even I when we're talking this. about the serious nature of things like we've hit yeah. we've gone on a roller coaster ride have, really yeah. fun really serious we're
2: zip and pipping like they used to have land
0: exactly love a reference, okay? I do. I love that so much. Buckle up, buckle up. <laughs> exactly, buckle up, buckle up. It's right. going to be a wild ride. <coughs> um, <coughs> but you talk so much about, um, you know, we've talked about your having the ability and responsibility and all of those yes, things. We do.
3: So we do. what
0: is your call to action for the listeners today um, who maybe have the ability to do more?
2: We do. So one is what I was talking about earlier. Stop being powerless. Like, stop being the standby. Uh, stop saying that's not for you right but then at the same time you want something to be different mm-hmm. we all need to get into a more powerful state no matter what it is mm-hmm. let's acknowledge the reality of what the situation is right um, be open or be curious about um, the possibility that you could be wrong about how you're thinking about life and yeah. our world and our city right just yeah. be open to it and engage with other people that will help to um, you know, uh, fill in the cracks, as you said, right? Mm-hmm. Around those areas, around those topics. So that's one. The other part is take action, however it is. You know, my action may be different than yours. My action is being on Seed Success. My action is being part of the University of Memphis Alumni Board. My action on my kids level is being part of the parent network right. and then community efforts such as New Memphis, right? Your action may be out in the streets protesting and that's fine. Your right. action mm-hmm. may be part of the city council. Whatever it is, you need to take some kind of action instead of sitting back on social media, making comments, because that's not a lot of action, yeah. right? So that's what I would say, because at the end of the day, um, there was a, I think Gene Toomer or somebody basically said, like, service is the, is, the, like, the, um, is, is the way that we pay back for our space and time on the Earth. So when we Ooh. do service, we're paying for, you know, our spot on the Earth and our spot in the world. And oh, so wow. I think everybody should do yeah. some kind of service, whatever you feel like is going to move our world, our community forward, because you mm-hmm. do have the responsibility, right? You have the knowledge. You have to believe that all of us, no matter where you are, whatever your knowledge base is, you can add value because it's back to what you said earlier. It's the diversity of thought, not the groupthink, think yep. that's going to get us forward. So that's what I think people should do. I like that, that
1: service and, Mm -hmm. like, how it's paying back because that does, it shifts it from, like, that what's in it for me, like you said, to, like, having other success be the motivation. It's the
2: restitution. Yeah, it's the restitution. I feel compelled to do service in Memphis. Yeah. Right. I feel compelled because the city has given me so much. Yes. Right. Whatever that may be.
0: Working to be a part of solutions. That's exactly right. And I think that is, honestly, you remind us all to live in our vision and just not Mm. in our current circumstances. Absolutely. Um, And each and every one of us does have that spark, right? Yes. It's just a matter of finding something to ignite that spark yes. and make it happen. And so this was an amazing reminder for me this morning. Um, I think I enjoyed this conversation. I hope our listeners enjoyed it just as much. So but if not, I got so much out of it. It Good. can, just, it can be just one. for me at <laughs> <laughs> nice. Before we actually let you go, I would love sure. for you to let our listeners know, like, where they can learn more about you, if they want to seek out your services, how can they get connected?
2: Sure. So primarily right now I am at the bank. I'll be honest with you. My primary focus is to serve uh, 8,000 associates of what we call Just a tiny
0: number. Just (laughs) a tiny number of
2: First Horizon. But I do um, partner with organizations to offer services Mm -hmm. like this. Um, They can contact me at drmariobrown at icloud.com. I do a range of things from um, I have people that I coach. Um, We get on Zoom and we walk through, especially young professionals. Mm -hmm. It's hard coming up as a young professional, y'all. Preach. I'm going to just say that, right? It's a whole bunch of stuff that people have to deal with. And so we really have engaging sessions. So I do that um, as part of my outside business called Brown Consulting Services, but also um, various assessments. So I do DISC. We do um, Hogan uh, uh, as well. So, you know, really those OD type of coaching, leadership development things on the side, only take a few people though that's the only thing because i have 8000 mm-hmm. to serve so i don't just kind of run the gamut of services right. but sure dr mario brown at iCloud.com i would love to engage with whoever would like to talk to me
3: I love it. This, <laughs> this energetic.
1: This thing could go for like two or three hours. This is un- un- so fun. Unfortunately, we gotta. Yeah, well, we gotta cap yeah. it. Guys,
0: you can't grow unless you know. So that's Dr. Right. Mario Brown is here to help us do that. Yeah, so exactly right. thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today, yeah. and we're just so excited to see what you do with Embark again in this next cohort. And yeah. I guess we have to let you go. No, we don't I, want to. I, I know, I <laughs> Stay forever. Now I know it's
2: time to say goodbye. I know.
0: <laughs> just... <laughs> All right, Memphis. Mm. Thank you so much. For listening, and we'll see you next time.
2: See you next time.
0: Bye.
1: Okay, guys, we are back. The show is over. A.T. I mean, I know that we thought it was going to be good, and yeah. it surpassed all of my expectations.
0: I just feel so. I don't want to use the word hashtag blessed, but I just feel so happy blessed. Yeah, it's like that I get to do this. Like I get to come in on Tuesday mornings and have these conversations with amazing people making impact like this happen for our city. And I just, I don't know, it just excites me in a very big way.
1: It excites me how much passion he very obviously has for not only our city, but the people in our city. Mm-hmm. And we are very lucky that he has chosen to continue to remain a Memphian um, Mm -hmm. and that all the work he does with seeding success here at New Memphis, at First Horizon, and everywhere around in our community, um, Dr. Mario Brown is a tremendous asset, and we're glad to have him.
0: Guys, thank you for listening today. Before we let you go, we have a few end-of-show wrap-up announcements. Uh, if you are anything like me, when people talk about the word fiber, you're probably assuming they mean food or some dietary supplement that you should be taking. You're probably not. Um, so the truth is, here in the mid South, fiber is actually at the core of progress in the current high-tech age. So what does that all mean? New Memphis is convening a panel conversation called Celebrate What's Right What the Tech on March 29th at the Hilton Memphis. Uh, This event will help you gain an understanding of how, you know, digital equity requires access and fiber is the key to that. New Memphis' panel discussion will address our city's current broadband infrastructure, the innovations taking place, how it impacts our community and a whole lot more. So, you guys just need to join us to see all the ways Memphis is getting smart when it comes to bridging that digital divide and meeting the demands of today's digital age, which are massive. Uh, We're going to have amazing panelists, which will be Doug McGowan, who is the Chief Operating Officer at the City of Memphis, Lisa Moore, President and CEO at Girls Inc., Andre Folks, who is the President at StartCo, Stephen Willoughby, who is the Executive Director of Citizens Fiber Initiative Group, and our dear, dear friend Paul Young, who is President and CEO and show usual at this point at Downtown Memphis Commission, who will serve as our moderator. So if you have never been to one of these talks, this is the one. I think it's a great introduction to the year. If you are like me and you are not that informed on the technical side of this whole fiber thing, that is, it's in the name. What the tech. We're figuring out what the tech we're talking about. And having these people have open this broadband conversation of how you and the organizations you work for can be a part of the solution for Memphis. So come on out and join us.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um- I would also be remiss if I didn't plug quickly that we are still in recruitment season yes. all day, every day. Um, if you know somebody that is wanting to level up on their leadership development skills, head over to newmemphis.org and find the suitable program for them. <laughs> we have one for just about everybody. And again, New Memphis is a local nonprofit, and we encourage you to give with your heart. Yeah. Um, and if there's something you love about what we're doing, if you want to continue to make it a reality here, uh, we would encourage you to show that love by digging into your pockets yes. right now. <laughs> and you can also uh, head over to newmemphis.org donate to donate there. And if you specify that you are donating due to this wonderful Meanwhile in Memphis mm-hmm. radio show and podcast, we will love to give you a shout out.
0: Yes, just leave a little note for us there. And guys, you heard it today on today's episode. It is so important that we continue to transform Memphis through the power of connection. And a gift from you helps us do that no matter how small, no matter how large either. We will take them all. So uh, we will see you next week. But for today, we're going to say bye. Bye. This week's episode was made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com.